Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. To get up and get going, South Coast, it's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang, it's Tim Weisberg. Good morning. Welcome into the program. Happy Friday to you. Hope your day is starting off well. You probably had to sleep with the the windows open last night, or if you were still, you know, if you're smart and you kept the air conditioners in the window thinking, hey, there's going to be at least a couple of more days where I'm going to need this. Well, you proved to be prescient in that regard because uh, you did need them. Or at least, you know, like I said, have the window open, a fan going. It was warm yesterday. It's going to be even warmer today. And it doesn't feel like Halloween, but it's right around the corner. And uh, Barry has two articles up today that are both about Christmas. I mean, come on, man. I, I, want, I wanted to send him a message last night and say, you know, Barry, I was thinking about this. I'm not going to see him today because I've, I'm going to be heading over to Stevie's Wine and Spirits in Fairhaven right after the show this morning, and I'm going to be hanging out there from 10 to noon, so I hope that you'll uh, come over and say hi. And then also, I'm um, heading out to, the, to Brockton, the Brockton Public Library for a 2 p.m. presentation on the Bridgewater Triangle. For those of you who don't like to stay out late but have wanted to see this presentation, I'll be in Brockton at 2 p.m. Then I'm coming back, and I'm going to the whiskey tasting that's going to be happening at Stevie's from four to seven. So I'm going to have quite a day. So I won't get to see Barry in person, but I wanted to send them a message, send him a message and being like, excuse me, aren't you the same person that complains when stores put the Christmas decorations out? Like when it's still back to school time, you're already writing Christmas articles and we haven't even had Halloween yet. Come on, man. I know you're a Christmas guy, Barry. I know. I know. I remember. I remember. You talking about having two Christmas trees in your house? But come on, I'm a Halloween guy. Just let me have my holiday. But uh, I think there's going to be a lot of spooky fun going on this weekend. So if you want to get out there and have some fun with the kids or, you know, maybe not with the kids. Maybe you want to go have some adult time, some adult Halloween fun. You can do that as well. I was in Sandwich last night at the Sandwich Public Library, which was a great crowd, big crowd. 
filled the room. We had some technical issues that I've never had before with my presentation or with my laptop. And I've been doing this pretty much every night all month. And I've never had where the, the signal kept cutting out like it did last night. And the librarian says that's never happened there either. We even switched HDMI cables and I don't know what it was. The library is reported to be haunted. So maybe, maybe that had something to do with it. Maybe when I was a kid and I used to go to that library, I ticked something off and they're like, we'll get you, Weisberg. We'll get you sooner or later. And uh, it just took them 30 years to get me. I don't know. I'm not sure. But uh, hopefully we don't have those same problems today in Brockton, tomorrow morning in Holbrook at 1130 a.m., uh, Monday night in Plymouth. But don't, again, don't bother trying to come to the Plymouth one. They put out a post again the other day that they are full. Registrations for that one are full. The room seats 120 people. They've got 120 reservations and their waiting list is full. So I don't know how many people they put on the waiting list, but man, you, I, don't under, I don't think people realize they can, they can just hear me talk every morning by turning on the radio. But uh, yeah, it's going to be pretty fun. And then of course on Tuesday on Halloween, I will be at the Martin Institute at Stonehill College, which just sounds very... Uh, you know, I'll be speaking to the Martin Institute of Stonehill on Tuesday. But as someone here pointed out the other day, you know, that's a that's a religious based school. Like that's that's how that school was founded. And they're letting me come in and talk about paranormal things on Halloween. So, yeah, maybe the tide is changing and how people look at the paranormal. Uh, a little bit later on in this hour, we're going to be joined by New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad and Councilor at Large Naomi Carney. They're going to join us for the council president's weekly appearance. What we're going to do is we're going to have the recording of that, which, you know, generally I try to get the podcast hours out during the show. So during the news, I try to release the podcast. Listen, I love when you are listening live and calling and interacting and app chatting and all that, but I also know it doesn't work for everybody. And so some folks want to catch up on all the things that we talk about, but they don't get to start right at the beginning of the show because they don't wake up until then or they're in the shower or whatever it might be. So they want to start the podcast. So I try to get those podcast hours up pretty quickly. So we will do that if that's how you prefer to listen. But then I'm also going to rebroadcast it uh, at the 8 o'clock hour during their normal appearance time just to make sure that everybody can hear that because I know not everybody has access to the podcast. But if you don't, it's as simple as downloading the WBSM app. It's one of the many features on the app brought to you by South Coast Towing. So... If you don't have the app already, go ahead and download that. I'll wait. All right, you should have it by now. So 508-996-0500, that's the number to call in during the morning. And with anything that's on your mind, you can also send those app chat messages on the WBSM app. And you can send your open line voicemails on the WBSM app. And I think that uh, today we are certainly going to start getting ready. Now, Monday and Tuesday... Because to me, I'm, I'm going to just extend Halloween to two days because I can. So we'll we'll start playing our horror mo horror movie music and our pop culture songs that have to do with paranormal themes. We'll start playing all that stuff Monday and Tuesday. And yes, as part of that, we will play Screamin' Jay Hawkins, I Put a Spell on You, which we will dedicate to the late, great Dirty Deb. There was a... Saturday morning show that I did years and years ago 
where I played that song and Deb had never heard Screaming Jay Hawkins before. And I played that and she called up and she's like, Spooky, what are you listening to? And when I told her about Screaming Jay, I guess she went out and got a Screaming Jay CD or cassette or whatever and, uh, and did a deep dive into his catalog and just loved him. So she would call up all the time and ask me to play some Screaming Jay Hawkins for her. So, of course, for Halloween, we will do that. And if you've never heard Screamin' Jay, I was actually introduced to him by Jeff Charles, the former Providence rock DJ, now lives out in California and is actually currently playing Giles Corey in a production of The Crucible. So he gets the line, more weight. But uh, he's the one that introduced me to Screamin' Jay Hawkins. So I'm happy to pass on the word. If you've never seen a Screamin' Jay performance, look him up on YouTube. I mean, he would go full costume, dress like a vampire, or have a bone through his nose, or whatever weird things he was doing. And uh, he put on a real show. He was Alice Cooper before Alice Cooper. And, of course, that distinctive voice as well. So again, 508-996-0500. Remember, too, that next week, early voting begins for the New Bedford municipal election. And if you are going to be early voting, you have a couple of opportunities. It's not going to be, you know, that uh, you just walk into any one of these locations. You got to go to the location that's for your area, your region. I won't say precinct because it's not, you know, broken down. It's not even really broken down by ward either. It's kind of geographical proximity. And if you're ever not sure, of course, you can always call the City of New Bedford election office, which has the easiest number to remember for anybody that works here, 508-979-1420. But today actually kicks off hold on let me check here I'm sorry today is the end I don't know why I said kicks off today is the last day to register to vote for that municipal election so you have until 5 p.m. today to get to city hall to get to the election office and to register to vote in the municipal election now you might think to yourself well I registered to vote I'm always registered to vote. I've been registered to vote for years, but you moved. Well, make sure you get down there and you let the election office know that you're in a different location, a different ward, a different address. You might just have to even go to a different precinct within your ward. But uh, today is the last day to register to vote. Tomorrow, early voting begins at the main public library, which I believe is open to anybody in the city. Then on Halloween, that's the last day to apply for a mail-in or absentee election ballot. So if you're, if you're going to have to mail in your ballot because you're going to be out of town or you're, you're having surgery or something and you're not going to be able to get out and vote and you can't early vote, well, then that's the last day October 31st, 5 p.m., to apply for a mail-in or absentee election ballot. Then on November 1st, in-person early voting at Tabor Mills. 
on November 2nd. In-person early voting at the Hazelwood Senior Center. And then, of course, we know on November 7th, that is Election Day. And so for those of you who like to actually go out and vote on Election Day, you know, some of you take it off from work or leave early. Some of you look at it as a holiday. Some of you volunteer to either work the polls or stand outside for your preferred candidate. So it's... It's a day that you can have a lot of civic pride, whether it be something that you dedicate the whole day to or something that you even go for the 15 minutes it takes you to vote. You know, I heard uh, Scott Lang on with Chris the other day and he was talking about, you know, New Bedford generally doesn't have a line to vote anywhere. But if it does, that line only lasts a couple of minutes. So it doesn't take a long time out of your day. You'll probably spend more time, you know, backing into the parking spot than it'll take you to get inside, get your ballot, go into the voting booth, fill out the circles, and put the ballot into the machine. Now, keep in mind, there are some things you want to remember as you're looking at the ballot, and that is the... There's a few ward, if you live in Ward 2... Ward 3, Ward 4, Ward 6, your counselor doesn't have an opponent. If you live in Ward 1, you're going to be choosing between the incumbent, Brad Markey, and the challenger, Leo Chiquette. Very close race last time between those same two. If you live in Ward 5, your current counselor, Scott Lima, will not be seeking re-election to that ward. He is instead running on the for the uh, at-large seat, for an at-large seat. And so that means that you have two new faces in the Ward 5 race, one of which is Zach Boyer, who ran previously. The other is Joe Lopes, who previously lived in Ward 6, was a longtime Ward 6 counselor and former council president, but he has moved in the time since he lost the Ward 6 election to Ryan Pereira two years ago. He has since moved to Ward 5, and so now is running for that seat that will be empty next year because, well, vacated, I guess. Somebody will be in it because Scott Lima chose to run at large. And if I'm telling you this, and this is the first you're hearing of it, you've got a lot of catching up to do. And then in the at-large race... You have all five incumbents running for re-election. That's Ian Abreu, Naomi Carney, Brian Gomes, Linda Morad, Shane Burgo, and why am I forgetting somebody? Did I count everybody? I think I did. But you've also got a number of challengers too, five challengers. And what's interesting is in the preliminary election... Scott Lima, who is challenging for one of those at-large seats, came in very close to Naomi Carney and Linda Morad toward the bottom of the the polls and, and also Devin Burns as well. Now, here's the thing. 
6% turnout for the preliminary election. Is that an accurate estimation of how people will vote on November 7th? Well, what do you think the voter turnout is going to be on November 7th? I'm going to tell you, it's probably going to be at least double that. I would hope. I would hope we're going to get 12% of voters out for this election. But if you get 12% out, that doesn't mean that you can double those numbers. It could go anyway. And it'll be very interesting. And then, of course, we can have that conversation after the election of, does the city really have 66,000 registered voters? in a city with 103,000 people as of the 2020 census. That just seems like the voter rolls need to be culled. There needs to be a deep audit of who is on the voter rolls and whether or not they're still in the city, whether or not they're still alive. Something that has to happen periodically in every community. And I would guess that New Bedford is due if they have 66, basically 66% of the population of New Bedford is a registered voter. And you only need to know the bare minimum about New Bedford's demographics to know that 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 can't be true. Because that 103,000 includes children. And I don't, I don't know that only 34% of the city's population is children or people that haven't registered to vote. So it, it, it seems high. So when we complain about the, the voter turnout, we got to be careful of that and cognizant of that. But also 6% is low. 12% would be low. A 20% turnout that if you were actually to call those voter rolls might actually be more like 25% or 30%. That would be huge. And it would show that there is a mandate for those who are voted into office. Right now, though, I've got to take a break. We're going to do that. We're going to be back in just a few moments. Stay tuned. And now it is time to go into the newsroom and get all the headlines of the day with Ariel Dorsey. And then when we come back on the other side of that, we will be joined by New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad and Councilor-at-Large Naomi Carney. So stay tuned for that. But right now, let's go into the newsroom with Ariel. The search for a mass killer in Maine is continuing for a second day. Authorities are searching for 40-year-old Robert Card, who they believe was the gunman who killed 18 people and wounded over a dozen others in two mass shootings in the town of Lewiston Wednesday night. Residents in the Lewiston area are being urged to stay indoors. An Israeli official... And Miami is pushing back on claims that his office helped Florida Governor Ron DeSantis send weapons to Israel. The governor's office released a statement to Reuters Thursday saying it worked with the Israeli consul general to help send weapons to Israel. The consul general told Reuters, however, that his office did not work with the governor and added, this is not how we work. A congressman from Minnesota is announcing his bid for the presidency. Democrat Dean Phillips announced his candidacy on Thursday, saying although Biden has done a spectacular job, data shows Democrats will be facing an emergency next November. Phillips claims Biden would be a weak Democratic candidate due to his age. 
Negotiations between the Actors Union and the major Hollywood studios will continue today. SAG-AFTRA says they made some progress during yesterday's negotiations and that union members have reduced their demand for a first-year increase in minimum rates. The union and studio executives are still at odds on other issues. Genetic testing company 23andMe is disabling one of the features after worldwide reports of a data breach. The company says it has temporarily disabled parts of its DNA relatives feature, which allows users to share ancestry information with users around the world. The move was made after someone stole data that some users shared while using the feature. The Rangers and Diamondbacks are set to go head-to-head for a World Series title. Texas will host Arizona tonight for Game 1 of the Fall Classic at Globe Life Field. The ceremonial first pitch will be thrown out by former President George W. Bush. In more sports, a former first-round wideout is joining the Patriots roster. New England signed wide receiver Jalen Rager to a deal on Thursday, and the Pats are hoping to build off last week's win over the Bills when they visit the Miami Dolphins Sunday afternoon. The Ducks handed the Bruins their first loss of the season after coming back for a 4-3 overtime win at TD Garden. Mason McTavish was credited with the game-winning goal after finding the back of the net just over two minutes into the extra frame. Charlie Coyle, Matt Grizzlick, and David Pasternak provided all of the team's offense in the second period. Boston will host the Detroit Red Wings tomorrow night. And the Celtics are ready for their home opener. Boston is playing host to the Miami Heat tonight at TD Garden. This is the first time the Celtics are facing the Heat since losing Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals on their home floor. The team will be looking to build off their season opening victory over the Knicks. Now let's take a look at your local forecast with ABC6. Good to be with you, everybody, on this Friday morning. Unseasonably mild temperatures in the upper 50s with a light south wind. Afternoon near record temperatures in the upper 70s, lower 80s with plenty of sunshine. Overnight will stay dry, mild again in the 50s and lower 60s. And another stunner for tomorrow with plenty of sunshine by the afternoon. Temperatures around 80. Be sure to watch ABC6 for my full seven-day forecast. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Ceci del Carmen on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. I'm Ariel Dorsey for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. Get breaking news alerts, stream audio, send us text messages, and get live traffic and weather updates all on the WBSM app. Download it now from your app store or at WBSM.com. And just very quickly before we get into the discussion with the counselors, if you are looking for insurance, look no further than Paul and Dixon Insurance. They were founded in 1852. That means they've been providing insurance locally for almost two centuries. They're located on County Street and the historic William Roach Rodman House and in the north end of New Bedford. Their staff averages over 15 years of experience. They know the South Coast region. They know what kind of insurance needs you have. They have access to over 30 carriers, the largest selection of insurance carriers in the region. They work with trusted names like Arbella Insurance. So if you live in the South Coast area, there's nobody that is more zeroed in on what you need for insurance than Paul and Dixon. Again, you can visit them at 388 County Street in New Bedford. You can give them a call at 508-996-8593. Or you can visit them online at pd-ins.com. That's pd 
www.newbedford-ins.com. Paul and Dixon Insurance. All right, it is time now for our discussion with New Bedford City Council President and Councilor at Large Naomi Carney. Uh, good morning, Councilors. How are you this morning? Up and early and ready to go. And good morning, Jim. Good morning. Good morning, Jim. And uh, and it's it's great to talk with you both so early in the morning, especially when I know that you had a meeting last night that, that probably you know kept you up a little bit past your bedtime. <laughs> yeah, it's been a crazy couple of weeks, that's for sure, with meetings and events and stuff like that. I know we've all been out and about quite a bit, but it's always a pleasure to talk to you. It looks like it's going to be another beautiful day. Absolutely. And so, what happened in the meeting last night, Council President Moore? What kind of things were discussed? So um, last night we had before us the loan order for the uh, taking of the Goodyear site for the new combined Devolve school down in the South End. Uh, that item uh, is a loan order, so requires a couple of readings. So final action won't happen on that until our November council meeting. But we did pass that item last night to the finance committee so that we can discuss with the school department and the city's finance team uh, the appraisal that has been received back um, with regard to the cost that we should be paying for that parcel. So that was good. And then um, in front of us, we had a bunch of appropriations that the administration is looking to put back into the city's budget before we set the tax rate. Uh, they total almost the entire $8 million that the council cut uh, at the end of the June fiscal year. So those were referred to finance. We're going to hear those on November 13th. I'm looking forward to a robust discussion. I know Councilor Carney is as well with the administration as to why we're putting back, requesting to put back the entire $8 million that the council cut uh, versus, you know, trying to tighten the belt a little bit this year, especially since the budget that we did pass uh, would have a request from the administration for almost for more than a $45 million increase in this fiscal year. Councilor Cardi, I don't know if you have a feeling about that as well. Oh, oh yes, I do. I mean, I was a big supporter of the $8 million budget cut, um, and I was hoping that they could work within that budget. You know, the taxpayers have been calling us, as you know, uh, left and right about the high taxes and the property taxes. So that was an effort to alleviate some of the burden on our constituents when we did that. And now it seems like they want to put it back in instead of working within the budget. So... Um, it is going to be a good, robust discussion over that one, for sure. Well, yeah, and I'm, will, I'm willing to listen, um, and I'm willing to put back uh, the difference in the new trash contract, which is about a million six uh, that's costing us more this year than it did last year. Uh, but, you know, the rest of it, you, you've got to explain to me why, with all the vacancies we have in the city and with, uh, you know, and everything else that's going on, why you added you know, staff positions to last year's budget, why you did new incentives, and why you can't uh, tighten your belt in various areas to allocate uh, money for the cut that the council made. And as we've said more than once, you know, I've been there for a while. Every year, every year, there's always money at the end of the year that we're moving around from department to department. Last year, that totaled almost $4.8 million. So, uh, you know, again, I know that money's out there in the budget. I don't see why we need to put that back this year at this point in time and raise the taxes for the residents of the city uh, for money that we don't need to spend. Has, I mean, in your time on the council, Council President Moore, has there been a time where there weren't cuts that were made by the council, where the, the yes, budget came in yes. and you said, as is, it's fine? 
Yep, that actually there was um, Neil Lang's first year in office. Uh, the budget that he presented, the council passed without touching it. Uh, that's the only time, though. Every other time, there's always been tweaks here and there along the way. I mean, that's what good government is. It's uh, looking at things, uh, making your decisions about what you think is appropriate, et cetera. And uh, has there been this big a cut? I, I don't remember it being this big. There was a large cut. I think I would tell you it was somewhere between 5 and $6 million once before. But there's never been this kind of increase in the budget in my entire 20 years, 18 years, I'm sorry. There's never been, never been a $45 million increase. So it's, it seems... Exactly, and that's, and that's it. And that's it. This is a, from my um, recollection, uh, this is the biggest, the biggest increase that I've seen in a budget. And it's, it was just flabbergasting when it came by. I know everything's gone up, and I know that... Uh, Prices continue to rise to this day, but still, that's that 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 was a huge, huge impact on the residents with that budget increase. Well, we'll certainly keep following along with that, and uh, it seems like there is um, the word the, the word I'm looking. I, I'm trying to phrase this in a way where it doesn't sound accusatory in in some way that doesn't sound negative but it seems like this is trying to get kind of around the council's ability to make those cuts to say okay well you cut it but now we're going to find it we're going to put it back in and then we're going to just find a way to get it it's it's almost like again i don't want to make it sound negative but it sounds like it's you know saying that your authority in making these cuts doesn't matter we're go, we're we're yeah. just going to apply for these anyway you know what tim i you can say it in an accusatory way because the day after we cut the budget in June, I had my regular meeting with the mayor. And on that morning, he was telling me he intended to uh, submit a, a supplemental budget for the amount of the cut. And at that point in time, I told him that that was dead on arrival in the council. And for the last several months, I have been talking to him and his finance team about the fact that they need to tighten the belt. And I've been hearing from my colleagues as we talk about things in general that they're not comfortable putting back that $8 million cut. So it's going to be a very interesting discussion on November 13th. I look forward to it. Um, if those items and the uh, loan order for the new school will be the only things on that finance agenda. Another thing that's been a, a bit of a back and forth between the administration and the council has been in the hiring of new positions, being able to hire them at starting salaries that are above the initial step for hiring. And it, there's a, a potential candidate for the treasurer's office that the administration may be looking to start at that higher step. So these, these discussions are going to be put into, into effect again for, for a candidate to try to come in at a step higher than step one. Council Carney. Yes. Um, you know, this is getting very aggravating to me. I don't know about my colleague, but we have been looking at salaries for several years now. Our personnel director went out and did a whole spreadsheet, and we included cities like Boston in the spreadsheet to, to elevate these salaries so we can be comparable to the market out there. Then all of a sudden we pass everything, everything's hunky-dory, just like we did before, then all of a sudden not... Now we can't hire people at the salaries that they did all this research on. Our personal department said spreadsheets. They worked hours and hours, weeks and months on these on these salary ranges. 
And all of a sudden now we, we're bringing people in now. we got to go above the salary ranges. We just elevated them. So I wasn't very comfortable on, on doing that, starting people on highest steps after all the work we did. And we did get, you know, a lot of bashing for those raises on the, from, from the constituents. A lot of people weren't happy with what we did. But we were trying to get the, the best and the brightest into New Bedford and able to to go out there and not grab them at the salary that they're looking for. And now we now we can't do that. So uh, it's just it's it's very frustrating to Yeah. I agree with that. I mean again Boston is in the mix of the salary ranges that we just elevated and um, I just I don't understand this. We're well above Fall River, we're well above in some cases we're above Brockton. Um, I don't understand why we can't hire somebody at step one. And, you know, again, uh, we tried to make the, in, the increases fair and equitable for not only the people that were coming in to work for the city, but the people who had worked for the city for a long time, making sure all the directors were paid at the same level, et cetera. And we took a lot of heat from the constituency, but there's no discussion with the administration about how the administration continues to do this. Um, again, they're bringing someone in at a step other than one. What does that say to the person who's been here for the last three years who began on step one working? What does it say to the people who have been there a long time? It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It doesn't seem to be fair and equitable. And this is the second hire, and it's the second time we've asked to bring somebody in at a step greater than one. I mean, but to be clear, the, the, the council as a body wouldn't be opposed to you know, doing that for the right candidate in the right situation. But as you're saying, it just seems like this is, you know, circumventing those those numbers that, that, that they presented previously, that they're just trying to override that. But I, I'm sure if the right person came along in the right position, this would be something that would be considered. Yes, I think it would. That's why we put the ordinance in place that said, okay, um, we're willing to talk to you about this if you find the perfect candidate or if the uh, executive search firm that you're talking to says these are the unique circumstances. But again, this this is the second position, and this is the second position that we're bringing in at a step other than one. But, you know, other departments, or and we'll include ourselves, when we hire in the city council office, those are all unit C people. They begin at step one. Um, so, uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's, it's very frustrating and it's very disappointing from my position on the part of the administration. Well, I, uh, Councilor Carney, you are the chair of the uh, Committee on Appointments and Briefings, and uh, there was a discussion about there being uh, some issues with parking in the port area. What, what are some of the highlights of, of that discussion and what happened in the meeting this week? Uh, well, that one, that item is actually on the table. Councilor Pereira has been working very diligently. As you know, um, with all the turbines and vineyard wind and schooling, the waterfront has got extremely busy and the parking is becoming horrendous. Uh, the business that has been down there forever um, can't seem to get their trucks in and out, um, their flatbeds, it's, it's, just, it's just a nightmare for them and their employees who are involved to park there. It's, it's, it's just a parking nightmare right now. So um, what came out of this is that we're giving an opportunity I guess Vineyard Wind um, and, and a couple of the other companies looking at an engineer to look at, see what, what they can do about the parking situation and the circumference of the trucks, how much room they need to come in and out, turning um, and with tables until actually Ryan, Council Pereira gave them until December, but I did tell them that we have the November meeting and if something happens prior to that, let's get them on the November meeting. 
but we're going to put our foot down if they can't come up with a solution by December. Yeah, the Port Authority took the lead in saying that they would pull together a meeting with all the stakeholders uh, to have a conversation about right. the situation and to come up with some potential solutions because, as Councilor Carney said, I mean, we've got long-time businesses down there that can't get their product in and out of their sites because of turn radiuses and because of the type of parking we have down there. We definitely need to fix that. We fixed one of the situations at the Traffic Commission last month, but we can't do this on a one-on basis. We need, to, we need to have a plan down there because obviously the waterfront is going to continue to expand over the course of the next several years. We want to be sure that the plan is in place now. Well, we, we were talking earlier this week here on the radio about the, the uh, zoning board meeting regarding the potential for the transit-oriented districts and, and, and the need to, to have less parking in some of those areas and that the, the zoning board just holds on to that, to that rule that's in place that there should be two parking spaces for every residence. And as we're looking, you know, parking is becoming more and more of an issue across the city, not just in, in that particular area, not just in these potential TODs, but everywhere. And, and it seems like we're, as much as we're running out of space for, for development, we're also running out of space for parking and for people to be able to, to have vehicles in the city. And so things like this don't, don't really help with those issues. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, it, when, you're, when you're building a single family house, it's, it's not so much of an issue, but when you're building an apartment complex, et cetera, and the reality of it is that when you have a family living in a in a unit, there's more than two cars. You know, both both parents probably have a car, and then of course, as the children get to be that age, uh, the, you know, New Bedford doesn't have public transportation. New Bedford relies on people being able to move themselves uh, from here to there by a by a private vehicle. So it really is an issue, but we we have to we have to find a balance because we want to continue to develop. Uh, parcels. We want to, you know, have housing for our residents. But on the other side, as you said, parking is a nightmare everywhere, even in the established neighborhoods across the city. And then people will suggest, well, m you know, more buses would solve the problem, <laughs> but the buses have to be able to get around and there's more cars <laughs> on the road that'll hold up those buses. that will make people say it's not worth taking the bus. So it's a, yeah, a catch-22. Yeah. yeah. We even have issues from time to time with our trash hauler being able to get down streets because there's parking on both sides and sometimes people will park too close to the corner and they can't, you know, turn the corner with the truck. Um, we've, we've had several situations in the last uh, year, year and a half that have caused an issue. Thank God we haven't had one. I mean, I'm sure there have been situations with police and fire trucks trying to get down streets, but we haven't had one that's ended up in a catastrophe, thank God. Well, I know, too, as, as we are on the cusp of the election, we're just uh, uh, really, you know, less than two weeks away here. And as we are on the cusp of it, there's one, I believe, just one more chance for people to get out and hear the candidates speak. Uh, that'll be Monday at, uh, at Keith Middle School. And first of all, I mean, I want to ask each of you just what, you know, from a non, you know, obviously in a non-campaigning capacity, but just getting out there and being able to to hear from the people do you look at the people that are coming out that are engaged in these forums that you've been part of, and do you have confidence that there'll be more, you know, a, a more of a turnout this, in this election, or are you concerned that people might not necessarily come out to the polls? And uh, Councilor Carney, I'll start with you. Yeah, no, I, I do. I do believe I do have uh, a little faith in our in our, in our public and our constituents here 
the residents of Bedford because they do believe we're going to get a better turnout. Um, I, I talked to a lot of people that did not go and vote in the primary. You know, it, it was several, several reasons, but they are going out and voting in the general election. So I'm hoping there was, uh, you know, people forgot, whatever the case may be, that it wasn't a big enough deal for them, um, that they'll be able to vote in the general and yes, I mean, I think it's it's important. I, you know, I've attended all the debates when there's been debates out there with through the different wards. Um, no, that didn't include myself. Yes, and I, you know, I want to see those voters, and I want to encourage them to, you know, get on the vote because if they're going to a debate and they want to hear the candidates, I know that they're going to be in the voting polls. Now it's time to see if we can get them to take two people or make a, several calls to see if anybody needs a ride to the polls and get them there also. Mm-hmm. I mean, turnout turnout as a forum has been disappointing. There haven't been a lot of people that are there listening. Uh, the last forum at the Keith Middle School was um, taped by cable access, so I know they're going to try to play that several times between now and the election. But, um, you know, those are long evenings, Tim, when you put all the races, including the mayor's race, on the agenda. When we were at Keith, we started at I think we finished around almost nine, quarter past nine. That's that's a long time for people who have worked all day uh, to come and sit. The one on Monday, the 30th, um, the only candidates who will be uh, invited, who are invited to that, are the candidates from Ward 1, our colleague Brad Mackey and his challenger, Leo Choquette. But uh, we'll be there. We always are there because we're wherever the constituency is usually. Um, you know, talking to them, listening to them. But we'll see what happens on Election Day. I'm, I'm hopeful that more people will come out and they will, uh, you know, support their candidate of choice. The forums have been a little bit of a zoo. We've had some um, interruptions at all of them, which is unfortunate, especially the Mayor's Youth Council one. Those um, students are trying to do their civic responsibility. It's just kind of disappointing that, you know, we continue to have these types of disruptions uh, happening whenever there's a gathering of elected officials. All right. Well, hopefully pe- people do get out and check that out, and hopefully everybody's going to come out to vote uh, next week. Council President Moore, you'll be back at your regular time, and you'll have Councilor Markey with you. I will. You will be with me, and um, we'll be uh, have a couple things to discuss with you. We won't have a committee meeting between now and then, but we always have some things coming up that I'm sure that your listeners will be interested in. And it'll be a lot easier on the dog to, to come on at the normal time. So. Uh, I don't know about Connie's dog, but my dog's always been out for the walk. And, uh, you know, this time, this time change thing, um, it's so dark in the morning, but uh, she still wants to go out at her normal 530, 6 o'clock. So. <laughs> well, thank you both for joining us. Councilor Carney, we'll let you get to work, and uh, and we will uh, we'll talk to you both very soon. Have a great weekend and enjoy you, enjoy this unseasonably warm weather. Yeah, and Tim, again, we want to we want to thank you for accommodating us today. Um, you know, I, I I thought it was important to have Councilor Carney join us. Um, and she hasn't been on in a while now because of her work schedule, and I very much appreciate you uh, changing your programming around a little bit to accommodate that. We do what we have to do. Yep, we do what we have to do for the people to to be able to hear the information. So thank you both, and have a great weekend. Good. You too. Thank, thank you, you, Tim. You, have a, you also. 
And that is New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad and Councilor at Large Naomi Carney. And we will replay that later on if you're just waking up and you missed part of it and you you didn't catch all of it. We will have that again for you uh, a little bit later on in the morning. Right now, though, I've got to take a break. We'll be back in a few moments. Stay tuned. And welcome back in. Uh, we are going to be taking your calls coming up in the next hour at 508-996-0500. But it is Friday, and you know what Friday means. It means that at Alianza Restaurant, it is Octopus Day. So if you want to get out and check out some octopus, uh, get some delicious octopus, check out Alianza's version. They prepare it two different ways. And I got to tell you, it is some of the best octopus I've ever had in my life. That's today's special, but they also have some other specials on the menu as well. They're running an apple glazed pork tenderloin that's wrapped in bacon and served with any two sides of your choice. Oh, just the photos on the Alianza Facebook page look incredible. They also have, of course, lunch. Don't forget Alianza when it comes to your lunch options. They have fantastic lunch choices each and every day as well. Check them out online at AlianzaRestaurant.com or I would recommend... Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.